All right, everybody, welcome to Elevate Youth, guys. Listen, I am very excited about tonight. I know tonight's just a little bit different, okay? It's a little bit different, but I'm telling you guys, I have a message for you guys that I am prepared to preach. I know uh, through the miracle of technology, I'm speaking this from the past, but can we just thank God that we can just, um, that the Holy Spirit can just act from the past to the present, because God is outside of time, and so the Holy Spirit that is with me now in the past, in the Christmas of Sean past, is also with you presently. And I believe the message I have to preach is a good one. I believe it's powerful. So to kick us off, though, I thought we'd kick it off just a little bit spicy. Um, I just, I'm becoming a dad. You know, I'm, my wife's pregnant. We're transitioning. I'm transitioning into a dad, and I'm really excited for that. And so what I did is I Googled the best dad jokes of all time. Best dad jokes of all time, because I'm preparing to be a dad, and I literally just copied and pasted the top three I found. I hope you guys are ready. I hope you guys are ready. But here they are. Here they are. They are these, these, these are bad, bad jokes. These are terrible jokes, but they are dad jokes, so they are obviously good jokes. So, okay, here we go. I'm afraid for the calendar, because its days are numbered. I'm afraid for the calendar, because you know why? Its days are numbered. Okay, that one's bad. Let's go to the next one. My wife said I should do lunges to stay in shape. That would be a big step forward. Oh, that would be a big step forward. Some of you guys are going to get that later. All right, last one. Why do fathers take an extra pair of socks when they go golfing? In case they get a hole in one. In case they get, some of you guys are seeing that ahead of time. Why do they get... Get extra socks to go golfing in case they get a hole in one. So I'm hoping we can just have a fun night tonight, even if it's really different. I'm sure you guys have already noticed how different it already is. But tonight we're going to be beginning a new series called Be a Giver. Everybody say it right now. Be a giver. Be a giver. Be a giver. And I'm very excited for this because, you know, last series, last month we talked about the power of thankfulness. We, talk, we, had, we just finished a series last time called Thankful, and we were, t- we were talking about being thankful for the things that we have already been given. And I'm really excited for this one because we're going to be able to not only just be thankful for what we've been given, but have an opportunity to give. Have an opportunity to give. We're going to learn about that a lot. And honestly, we, I chose this message Um, I I positioned it perfectly. You've got thankfulness for Thanksgiving, and then you've got generosity and giving for Christmas. Because really, when you look at it, the Christmas story and the reason we celebrate Christmas is all because of something somebody gave. Because Jesus, or because God the Father gave his son Jesus to us. And so, again, last time we talked about thankfulness for what we have. I'm going to give you guys just a quick recap on that message You know, we've talked about this before, but it's really crazy to have an opportunity to give something to God. And we talked about this verse, Psalm 69, verse 30. It says, then I will praise God's name with singing, and I will honor him with thanksgiving. I will honor him with thanksgiving. That we can actually gift God honor. How crazy is that? That the God of the universe, the God of all the planets, the God, of the, the, the God that created the grass on the ground to the biggest planet that we haven't even discovered yet is missing something from you. He's missing your honor. He's missing your thankfulness. 
that it's a gift that we can give back to God. He's missing your thankfulness and your honor. And if you want to learn more about that, I encourage you to go back and listen to that message. Um, it is the week one of the series, Thankful. And I believe it was, at, it was at the beginning of November. So if you want to learn more about that, go back and listen to that message. But thankfulness is so important in our Christian walk. But I want to show you what's even more important. And what's even more important than thankfulness is the ability to give and its generosity. And our key verse tonight, we're going to be looking at a key verse in Acts chapter 20. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 20. We're going to look at verse 33 through 35. It says, I have never coveted anyone's silver or gold or fine clothes. You know, the author, he's saying, hey, I've never coveted. I mean, I don't know. I guess I'll take his word for it. He's never coveted silver, gold, or fine clothes. You know, I'm sure we can all say we've been there before. Your friend gets a new pair of Nike Air Force Ones, and you're like, ah. And you look down, and you're wearing, like, you know, white New Balance shoes like a dad. You know what I mean? But, you know, he's saying, I've never coveted silver, gold, fine clothes. You know that these hands of mine have worked to supply my own needs and even the needs of those who are with me. I have been a constant example of how to help those in need by working hard. He's really setting up this last point, right? He's saying, I have done all these things correctly. I've never coveted. I've always worked for the stuff I have, even to the point where I've been able to give to others. I've been a constant example of what it means to work hard. And then he ends it with, some, uh, with a quote from Jesus, and it says, you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. This is, this is why. I've done these things. And he's saying it. This is why I've done these things. It is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. I need you guys to help me out. It is more blessed to what? To give rather than receive. And tonight we're going to be exploring that topic and we're going to see why that is the case. And before we do that, we got to pray. So let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this message you've given me. I thank you for everyone in this building tonight. I just pray that you just bless us and bless this message in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. All right. So we're, we're talking about this series. We're talking about being a giver and being generous. And the, here's the thing. Behind every gift you have ever received, there is a gift giver. Behind every gift you have ever received, there is a gift giver. Think about the best gift you have ever gotten in your entire life. Just think about it right now. If you can just picture it, if you can visualize it, the best gift you have ever been given in your entire life, there was a gift giver behind that gift. And as a kid, you know, I was probably, I don't know, maybe six or seven years old, maybe, maybe older, maybe younger, but there was a toy that was super popular in that time. And it was called the, I believe it was called the RoboSapien X. And it was a robot that can walk and you could program it. And I'll tell you, I got that gift for Christmas. It was incredible. And to show you guys how incredible it was, I found an ad for that toy. I believe this is 2005. I found an ad for that toy. So let's go ahead and show that ad to show you guys how cool that toy is and how old I am. So let's show it. 
Having your own personal robot is not science fiction. The technology experts agree. RoboSapien is here now. RoboSapien is the first humanoid robot with 67 functions and four programming modes, ready to carry out your every command. Program a combination of moves, and RoboSapien's interactive reflex system makes him spring to life with plenty of attitude. Responsive, intelligent, dynamic robotics. RoboSapien is the future, and the future is now. RoboSapien, he's here. Batteries not included from Wowee. All right, so I got that gift. Some of you guys are starting to covet it a little bit. You're like, eh, I don't know, Sean, that's a pretty cool toy. I don't know, that's good. It's good. No, I got that gift, and I'll tell you, I used it so much. I had that thing for years until one day it broke. Uh, one of its arms broke, and I was like, okay, I can just keep using it without the arm, and then obviously at some point it completely broke. But, I mean, I used that thing for years. And so and behind every gift is a gift giver. It may be a big, expensive gift, or it may be something that is inexpensive to where it was the thought that counted. Now, to me, there are two kinds of people, there are, there are two kinds of gifts, I should say, where you say that it's the thought that counts, okay? So the first kind of gift where the thought that counts, it's, it's, not, a, it's not an expensive gift, it's not something that's super special um, in the price, but it's the meaning behind that. You know, for example, who here loves getting pictures drawn by little kids? I tell you, man, there are, there, are, there are very few feelings in this world that are, like, that are similar to getting a picture drawn by a little kid. You know, when I worked in kids' ministry, um, there was, I think it was like Christmas, or they were doing something, and this little girl drew me a picture, and I had that picture for a long time, and it meant a lot to me. And to them, you know, it's not expensive. It probably didn't take her that long to draw it, let's be real. But it was the thought that mattered for that gift, right? It was, it was, it was free. It didn't cost her very much. But it was the thought that mattered. The second kind of gift, where it's the thought that counts, is the kind of gift that has a particular reaction come out of you. You've all said it before. It's this, oh, yeah, thank, thank you, socks. Thank you, Paw Patrol, thank you. You know, like... It's, it's, it's the thought that counts, right? Like, okay, she thought to give you a gift even though it sucks. Let's be real, it sucked. But good or bad, behind every gift, there is a gift giver. And behind the gifts that we've talked about before with the spiritual gifts and all that, there is a good gift giver, which is God our Father. And he gives gifts to his children. And so I believe during this crazy month of December, you know, the people were, were busy. There's probably lots of big tests going on. You know, we, we've got family coming in town. So for some people, Christmas... The Christmas season can be stressful. Um, it can be depressing for some people. It could just be busy, even if it's all good stuff, right? I mean, I'm just busy. I'm just going to be busy this month. But I believe that we can learn to slow down and appreciate the gifts God has given us, and then not only do that, but to turn around and to give gifts ourselves. Maybe we'll even be able to have a stronger appreciation for the gifts that God's given us in the process and a stronger appreciation for the gifts that we will receive. And so I'm going to talk about just a couple things tonight. And I believe they're, they're simple, but if you allow them to, they really can change your life. And so the first thing we're going to talk about is what is giving? What is giving? What, what is giving? What even is giving? You know, I think most of us here in the room, we have an idea of what giving looks like, right? You know, it's you, you give somebody a gift and you, you give it and you're a generous person now. You know, like I think most of us, we can understand what giving is. We all know what giving is. And so I'm going to try my best to not be Captain Obvious here, 
But instead, what I want to do is I want to show you that maybe giving can go deeper than what you think it can go. Maybe being generous has a deeper power than just doing the right thing. So we're going to talk about that tonight, and we're going to talk about a few attributes of what giving is and what giving does. The first thing is this, is giving shows true love. Giving shows true love, and I'm not talking about, you know, like a true love's kiss. I'm not talking about just romantically, even though it can be used in that context, but giving shows true love, and to talk about that, we're going to look at John, 1 John 3, 14. It says, if we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves we have passed from death to life, but a person who has no love is still dead. You know, he's just saying, you know, it's, it's the proof... The, the proof of our resurrection life, the proof that we are saved, is the fact that we, is, is because of our love, okay? So we've been saved, how we can prove that we're saved is by showing love to one another. It says anyone who hates his brother, hates another brother or sister, is really a murderer at heart, which that's a strong statement right there. We're not going to get into that right now. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. But here's, here's what I want you guys to get tonight. We know what real love is because... We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. He's saying we know what real love is because of what Jesus did for us. And watch this. So we also, so we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. He's saying this so plainly right now. So we also must give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother and sister in need but shows no compassion... Here's a strong statement right here, guys. But shows no compassion. How can God's love be in that person? We know what real love is because what Jesus did on the cross. God is love and everything God does is love. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us on the cross. So we also must give up our life for our brothers and sisters. And he's saying, if you're not willing to give, if you're not willing to be generous, if you're not willing to give up your life in some degree for your brother and sister, how can the love that God has, how can the God-sized love be in you if you're not even willing to give a little bit of what you have? I know that's a really strong statement, but if you just follow the logic here, we know what real love is because Jesus is love and Jesus was given to us. And so if we are going to say we have God's love inside of us, then we, to that degree, need to show God's love to other people. And it wraps up with this. It says, Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let's show the truth by our actions. Let's show the truth by our actions. How can you, how can you say that you have the love of God in you if you're not willing to give? You know, and I'm not just talking about financial giving either. You know, how many of you guys know that you can give more than just money or presents, right? You can give your time. You can give your energy. You can give so many more things than just practical. And so showing, and so giving shows true love to somebody. And so giving shows true love to a person you care about. And why does giving do that? Why does giving do that? And we're going to answer that with the next thing. So giving shows true love. Second thing, giving is a sacrifice, Giving is a sacrifice. Being generous takes a sacrifice to do that. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 13. It says, Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. You know, Kelsey, next week she's going to be preaching. She's going to be continuing the series. She's going to be preaching on the gift of worship. And so she's going to talk about that in more detail. 
But let's move on to the next verse. It says, and don't forget to do good and share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. These are the sacrifices that please God. You cannot truly give, you cannot truly be generous without having some form of a sacrifice. You know, you, you, can't, you can't truly give without a form of a sacrifice. Like, you know, you can give, you, you can give somebody a gift that literally costs you nothing, nothing right? You, that literally costs you nothing. You know, how many of you guys have re-gifted a gift before? You know what I mean? You get a gift one year, and you don't like it, so what you do, what do you do? You don't touch it. You just wrap it up next year and give it to somebody else. And you're like, get this out of my house. I don't want this anymore. So re-gifting. You know, that you're, you're giving somebody something, but let's be real. It really didn't cost us much, right? That, the gift didn't mean to us. The Paw Patrol socks didn't mean anything to us. So let's just toss it out the window to our four-year-old cousin and get, get it over with, right? That's not, a, that's not true generosity. That's not true giving. That's just cleaning out the house, you know? And you can do that in so many different other ways. But I believe to truly give, to truly show somebody love, it has to have some sort of sacrifice on your part. Whether Again, that's financially. Maybe that's your time, your energy. It's true giving is true sacrifice. You know, there's a story in the Old Testament with King David. And David, he's, he's old. It's one of the last chapters about King David until he dies. So it's like near the end of his life. And so, God, and so David, he sends God greatly by what did he do? He took a census on the people and the population. And I looked at up why that was a sin, because I was kind of confused about it, but he took a census, and a lot of people speculate that God didn't want him to do that because David would rely too much on his military might and his pride to get things done, too much on his arrogance. So it was a sin for him to do that. So he took a census, and what happened because of David's sin was a plague was heavy on the land. And plague was heavy, and people were dying, and it was because of what David allowed in his heart and into the kingdom. <clears throat> Excuse me. So what God tells David to build him an altar so that David can repent and the plague can be lifted. So I'm going to pick up the story. It's not going to all be on the screen, but just listen to my words. In 2 Samuel chapter 24, it says, So David went up to do what the Lord had commanded him. Remember, he commanded him to build an altar and repent. And so when... Aruna, I believe that's the name, it's hard to pronounce, but when Aruna saw the king and the men coming towards him, he, he came in and bowed down before the king and his face to the ground. And Aruna says, why have you come, my lord, my king? So David, he's going to this person, one of his subjects, who owns a big piece of land, and David comes and he's going to go build an altar there. David replied, I have come to buy your threshing floor and build an altar to the lord there so that he will stop your plague. <clears throat> So Arna, he, he's, a, he's a solid guy. Let's see what he says next. He says, take it, my lord, the king. Use it as you wish. So this guy was prepared to just give it to him. He says, you know, the, here are the oxen. Use my oxen. Use the ox, ox yokes. Build a fire. I will give it all to you, your majesty. And may the lord your God accept your sacrifice. May the lord your God accept your sacrifice. Notice who's actually sacrificing right here. Is it David sacrificing or is it Arna sacrificing? It's the, it's the farmer guy, right? It's the subject, one of David's subjects, because it's his stuff. David picks up on this. And listen to his words. We're going to have this on the screen. And it says, but the king replied to Arna, no, I insist on buying it, for I will not present burnt offerings to the Lord my God that have cost me nothing. 
I will not present a sacrifice to the Lord that cost me nothing because that's not even a sacrifice at that point. So David paid him 50 pieces of silver for the threshing floor. David had a sacrifice. He, he, you know, 50 pieces of silver, that's a lot of money in the day. And for the threshing floor and the oxen, David built an altar of the Lord there to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings. And listen to this. The Lord answered the prayer for the land and the plague on Israel was stopped. This is so powerful. This is such a powerful story, and I'm so glad that it's in the Bible. David refused to offer God a sacrifice, a gift that cost him nothing. Why? Because a gift without a sacrifice isn't truly a gift. A gift without a sacrifice isn't truly a gift, because if it cost David nothing, if it didn't take a sacrifice for David, was David truly showing love and repentance? And I would say no. If it takes easy, you know, like, think about it this way. You know, people, people like to go on fasts, and I think fasts are really good. It doesn't just have to be food. Um, you can fast food. You can fast um, entertainment, social media. You can do a lot of things to dedicate some time for God. But, you know, people joke around and say, this year I'm going to fast broccoli. I'm going to fast broccoli. I'm not going to eat broccoli the entire year, and I'm just going to devote that, that time to God. How many of you guys know that's not really a fast, right? If you hate broccoli and you decide to fast broccoli, that's not really a fast. That's just your life. Like, I don't know. Like, you're not truly sacrificing much. It, 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 a fast is important. Be, the, how you do the fast is important because it's a sacrifice to God. You're sacrificing something. It costs you something because you can't show true love without sacrificing something. We all know this verse, John 3, 16. It's a famous verse. For God so loved the world that he what? Gave, that he gave his only son, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. If you love somebody, you will sacrifice for them. True generosity and true love involves a true sacrifice. It requires a sacrifice. John 15, verse 12 says, This is my commandment, love each other in the same way I have loved you. How did Jesus love us? He died for us on the cross. Love each other in the same way there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for your friends. Giving is a sacrifice, and giving shows true love, and true love is a sacrifice. So it's, a, it's so important that we understand this concept of giving and generosity. So number one is, what even is giving? And I hope we covered that pretty well tonight. And so for the last point, point number two is going to be how to be a giver. And that's what the whole series is about, how to be a giver. And to do that, I'm going to take you to my new office. So let's roll that video, and we're going to learn about how to be a giver. Hey, guys. I am in my shower closet office um, at the church in Auditorium 2, and we've got just a quick video of just showing you what that looks like right now. As you can see, it's just a general supply closet that for some reason has a shower back here. And that is now my office. So um, I'm very happy to have an office someplace. I didn't think it was going to look like this. But here we are. And I am not complaining. And I apologize for the acoustics in this room, a.k.a. my office, a.k.a. the shower, a.k.a. the general supplies closet. So, <coughs> excuse me. So, we're talking about being a giver, and you know, we already talked a lot about this, but what we're going to do now is I want you to write, get out your notebooks, and at the top of your page, so everyone, you know, get out your notebooks right now, get out your phone, whatever you do, gotta do at the top of the page, 
I want you guys to write how to be a giver. Love my handwriting, right? How to be a giver. Write that at the top of your page right now. Get out your notebook, get out your phone, write at the top of your page how to be a giver. And I'm gonna give you guys three things of how you can be a giver. And so the first thing is, we've already talked about this a little bit, is give sacrificially. Give sacrificially. So you can just write down, you know, point number one, give sacrificially. You can't be a giver unless you're willing to make a sacrifice. You cannot be a giver unless you're willing to make a sacrifice in some way, as we've already talked a lot about already. So a lot of you guys know, uh, my wife is pregnant with our firstborn and we are very excited. You can see on screen, we got some of our latest sonogram pictures. Super, super excited, very excited for them to be born in this world. Obviously, like it's a super big deal. <clears throat> Excuse me, we're very excited to be parents. But, you know, I, I'm really excited because of all the things I get to do now as a dad that it's, it's kind of in a way I get to like have an excuse to play with toys, right? Like you, if you have a kid, you have an excuse to play with toys and that's super, super cool. But how silly would it be if I never chose to sacrifice for my children? As a dad, how silly would that be? And unfortunately, that's what a lot of parents take. They, they never sacrifice for their kids. But if I never give the gift of a sacrifice, again, that could be my time, that could be um, my energy, that could be whatever, that could be an actual gift. But if I never give my gift of a sacrifice, then how can I show them that I love them, right? And we know our Father in Heaven, we know that He already gives us gifts. You know, we talked a lot about that in the last series of the things that we were thankful for. He's already giving us gifts to be thankful for. And it's crazy that we get to give gifts back and to show them, show Him our love. And that's how you show true love, is to give gifts sacrificially. Because again, a gift is only a gift if it was given in a sacrifice. Um, it, it, at least it, it's not as meaningful if it wasn't a sacrifice, if it didn't cost you something to give that to that person. You know, um, I think it was last year at my mom's birthday and we were celebrating, of course, we're all sitting around, you know, the table giving out our gifts. And one of my sisters, I'm not going to say who, but one of my sisters, um, before, the, before she opened the gift, she started explaining to my mom how much she hated shopping. Okay, does anybody here hate shopping? I don't like shopping very much and apparently my sister didn't either. But she started explaining how much she hated shopping and she was like, mom, before you open this, I just want you to tell me, I just wanna tell you, I hate shopping so much and I had to like look everywhere for this gift and I spent so many hours and I hated shopping so much and it took me such a long time to find it and it, it was such a big sacrifice for me and we were all giving her a hard time about it. And so as we went around to the next gifts, we all had to one up each other. And you're like, well, I hate shopping even more and I spent even more hours looking for that gift than she did. And I hate shopping even more and it just kept getting bigger and bigger. And it kind of became an inside joke at every birthday that, we, that that person just hates shopping so much. And I believe it's, it's a funny illustration, but it shows that it's the sacrifice and the cost of the gift matters. Not necessarily the financial cost, but the cost it was for you to get that gift. And for my sister, she was trying to show my mom, hey, I love you a lot. That's why I sacrificed what I didn't want to do so that I could show you my love through my sacrifice. That the gift is almost not even about the gift at that point. It's about the thought behind that gift. So point number one is give sacrificially. Point number two, give cheerfully 
right that top that at your page. Point number two, give cheerfully. And we're going to look at a couple verses for this. Um, we're going to look at 2 Corinthians 9, 7. We're going to look at the Amplified Version first. And it says, let each one give thoughtfully and with purpose, just as he has decided in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion. Well, listen to this. For God loves a cheerful giver and delights in those whose heart is in his gift. That, that's, that's really good. God loves a cheerful giver cheerful giver. I love it what the Passion Translation says. Let's look at the Passion Translation in the same verse. It says this, let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving. Watch, all because God loves a hilarious generosity. I love that word, hilarious generosity. Just an over-the-top generosity because giving cheerfully is so, so important. I've always heard it this way, that attitude is almost everything. Attitude is almost everything. You know, the way you do something is almost just as important as what you're doing itself, right? Because think about this. What are you communicating to somebody by giving a gift out of obligation and complaining while you're doing it? What what is that doing for them? They, they might as well not even get the gift, right? If you've ever had somebody do that to you, you're like, just don't even give me the gift, dude. Like, I don't, at this point, like, you're, you're making a big deal out of it. You're complaining. Just don't even worry about the gift. I don't even care at this point. I just don't want you to, I just want to see you writhing on the ground and complaining. You know what I mean? And so I think, you know, we might not be guilty with that, you know, around Christmas time giving gifts. But a lot of, a lot of the time, you know, when our parent asks us to do something, Again, we have an opportunity to give a gift to them with our attitude. You know, we could do it begrudgingly, right? We could do it complaining. We could roll on the ground, roll our eyes, right? But how much better and how much more of the love of Jesus we can get inside of us if we sacrifice our own way and give a gift to them of our attitude? Because our attitude really is a gift. So number two is give cheerfully. And the last thing I want to hit is three, give creatively. Write that down. Give creatively. And so what, what this means is this, this doesn't have like a really big spiritual meaning. This is just my tips for you. Don't just think about giving a gift card to somebody, you know, like there's a good time for Christmas. You can do that. And sometimes that's what you want to do, but don't just do that. There are many more things that we can give. We can give our time, our energy, our attitude, like I said, and it's, it's important to find creative ways to give gifts to each other. It's important to um, because it, it's the thought behind it that matters, right? I've, we talked about that already, but it's the thought behind it that matters. So let's find ways to give creatively, creatively with each other. So how to be a giver. One, give sacrificially, give cheerfully, and give creatively. All right, so we talked about what is a giving, what is giving, and we talked about how to be a giver. And to wrap this up, I'm going to ask the worship team to make their way back up on the stage. And I want to leave you guys with this last point. And it's this, is our giving has the power to show people the love of God. Our giving has the power to show people the love of God. Acts 20 verse 35, we're going to go back to that. It says, in all things I've shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of our Lord Jesus. He said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Our giving has the potential to unlock the presence of God in other people's lives. By choosing to sacrifice in unique ways, cheerfully, 
without grumbling or complaining, we're giving people a gift. Again, not just a financial gift, not just a monetary gift or just a physical gift, but we can give gifts in so many ways. We can give the gift of laying aside our um, arrogance and pride and talking to somebody. That is a form of generosity. That's a form of giving. You're sacrificing something and giving someone else a gift. You can give up your gift of being timid at school and sit by somebody that, you, that you've never seen before or never talked to before. I know it's kind of thinking outside the box, but that is a way that you can give to somebody right now. And so during this time, you know, we're going to be doing another worship song. And I just want us to think and to just challenge ourselves, how can I be a giver this month? What unique way? I don't mean go to Walmart and buy somebody a gift. I mean, what can I give? Is that my time? Is that my energy? Maybe that's buying somebody, you know, maybe that's buying somebody some IHOP sometime and talking to them about Jesus. Whatever that looks like for you, I want us to all find a way of how we can all be givers in our lives. And so let's pray as we close here. Let's just pray with me. Father, I just ask that you transform us into givers. Transform us into givers. Let's give us creative, unique ways and ideas of how we can be givers for you. Because our giving unlocks your presence. Our giving can show the true love of Christ to other people around us. So God, I just pray everybody here that we can become givers in your name. In your name, Jesus, we pray that. In Jesus' name, amen.